Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another edition of Locked On Blue Devils podcast. My name is JJ Jackson. I'm the host of the show. You can follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. You can follow and subscribe to Locked On Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast about five days a week. And so you can listen to all of the latest regarding Duke athletics, as you also want to make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Blue Devils YouTube page. Thank you for making us your first listen and your first watch on YouTube each and every day. On today's show, very excited to bring on one of my good friends, Chris Edwards, the play-by-play voice of Duke baseball, a longtime friend of the program, set to make his YouTube debut with us here on the show, and we'll discuss everything else going on in the world of Duke Athletics. So without further ado, I now want to welcome in my very good buddy, Chris Edwards, kind enough to join us here on the program. Chris, happy Friday morning to you. How are you, sir? I'm great, JJ. I hope you are. Yes, very excited to uh, to have you on the show. Uh, you kicked us off when the show launched 15 months ago. Crazy. And now here we are all this time later. The show's moved over to YouTube. I'm glad that you're uh, getting to hang out with me again. Always good to be with you, JJ. Appreciate you asking and excited to talk a little baseball today. Yeah, no, actually, we've got to catch up. Uh, we talked baseball a good bit throughout the spring, and uh, there was a deep NCAA tournament run for the Duke men's basketball team that took a lot of headlines, as it always does in Duke athletics. But all while that's happening, the Duke baseball season continued to move along. So I want to get into the nitty-gritty here in just a little bit, but I think it's probably fair to open up with with just this. What has been uh, kind of the pulse, the the rundown of the Stuke baseball team so far this season? Yeah, I, I think improving every day uh, is kind of where I would start. I mean, this is a team that we knew was going to be young, uh, and we knew was going to be pitching heavy and reliant on their pitching, and that's been the case this year, uh, at least early in the season. Uh, it's a team that that has struggled at times offensively. I don't think that's a secret to anybody. I mean, if you look at the numbers, you can see that. The team that has struggled getting the big hit, um, they've struggled with runners in scoring position and couldn't get that one timely hit. Uh, but I think it's improving. I think you're at the point now where we're getting into to May, and we're into May now, and it's a chance for these guys just to play baseball now that the exam break is over. And Duke's been playing some really good baseball over the last three weeks or a month. Uh, they've won five of their last six ACC games, a sweep of Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago at Coombs. They took two of three from Georgia Tech uh, last weekend. Uh, probably should have swept Georgia Tech, if we're being honest. I mean, it's a Georgia Tech team that's certainly prolific, prolific, prolific offense, but the Blue Devils just couldn't get it done on Friday night. Credit Georgia Tech. Uh, Duke got walked off on Tuesday last week at Liberty. So uh, they're playing a lot better, um, and, and I'm really excited about the direction of this program. I think there's still some winnable games out there for Duke, and it starts on Sunday with that doubleheader against High Point at Coombs Field. And then Duke's got three challenging but winnable, I think, ACC series on the road at Pittsburgh, uh, NC State at Coombs Field uh, in a couple of weeks, and then they close the season at Virginia Tech. Uh, there are some midweek games there that the Blue Devils can't afford to lose. Teams like Davidson on the schedule, 
Uh, you've got a chance against a, a really talented East Carolina club in the midweek, too. So I think there are opportunities for Duke to continue to add to their resume, build their resume. We saw what happened last year. It's a team that probably at this point in the year, a season ago, wasn't in the NCAA tournament then either. Uh, and then you get hot, you win 12 in a row, you win an ACC championship, and, and then you go to, to Rocky Top. So still a lot of time left for Duke, uh, but I, I'm really encouraged, JJ, by especially by the offense and how they've come along on Sunday at Georgia Tech is a prime example. Duke gets up 6 nothing, 7 nothing, and after the first two innings, Georgia Tech, as they usually do, they score a bunch of runs in that ballpark. They come back. They tie the game, or they get close to tying the game. The Blue Devils have another little run in them. Duke scores six times in the sixth inning. Georgia Tech scores six times in their half of the sixth inning, and it's still like a back-and-forth game. Uh, then Duke adds a couple of insurance runs in the ninth. They win the game 15-14. to 14. Great. I don't know that that Duke team could have done that a month ago. I don't know that they were mentally tough enough a month ago to do that, but I think that this team has matured a lot. They've grown up a lot. And I'm like I said, I'm really excited for where this team is going to be when you look up hopefully in a month or so and see them once again getting their name called to the NCAA tournament. Remind us, Chris, if you will, why there needed to be sort of this maturation process for this Duke team because people want to look at last year's results knowing that the Duke Blue Devils won that ACC tournament, a super exciting year, uh, had a good play in NCAA regionals a season ago. Why did they need to have – a bit of maturation. Was it a hangover? Were there big bats and pitching that left the team kind of refresh our memory? Yeah, I mean, when you look at Duke last year, they were a more of a veteran group. Uh, you look up the middle of the field specifically, Joey Loperfito was your starting center fielder. He's gone. Uh, Michael Rothenberg was your starting catcher. He's gone. Ethan Murray, your starting shortstop. He's gone. And then you lose Jack Carey, who at the end of the year ended up being really daggone good uh, out of the Duke bullpen. You move Marcus Johnson from the back end of the bullpen to the Friday night role, a, a role that he has embraced and he has done tremendous work out of that Friday night role. His numbers don't dictate just how good he's been. So you, you lose those three guys at the middle of the field. That's a lot to replace in any year. But then you couple it with the fact that you've got guys that might be uh, true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, uh, COVID freshmen so, or sophomores, everyone you want to, ever how you want to classify them, have those guys that maybe don't have that experience, right? So, with those guys that maybe haven't had college at bats or haven't had a lot of college at bats, it takes a little bit of time for these guys to to start gelling and figuring it out. I mean, you're going against some really talented pitchers in the ACC. You could argue, I think, that the ACC on any given Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you could see a pitching matchup between two guys that are going to be in the big leagues in seven or eight years. So, I mean, that's how good the ACC is year in and year out. And this is the most offensive year that we've seen in the ACC since I can remember. The bats are hotter. They're hitting more home runs. Their teams are older. Uh, so I just really believe that that it took this team a little bit longer than maybe it does some Duke teams to get things going. Now you just hope that they've got enough time, which I think they do, to keep it going here over the last half of the season. The play-by-play -play voice of Duke baseball, Chris Edwards, is joining us here on the program. want to talk a little bit more about what's remaining on the calendar for the Blue Devils when we come back in just a moment. Today's edition of Locked On Blue Devils here today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags. You can make sure that everyone has a bar so you're fueled for all of your summer adventures. Have you tried all of the amazing new flavors? Got, there's a lot of crazy flavors like banana cream pie and even churro. A lot of awesome flavors to choose from with Built Bar. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to Built.com. 
Use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, for 15% off your order at Built.com. I want to welcome you back into Lockdown Blue Devils here today. J.J. Jackson hanging out with Chris Edwards, the play-by-play voice of the Duke Blue Devils. Uh, if people are just now seeing us, again, this is our first chat we've had in the YouTube world, Chris. Uh, tell folks about Duke baseball coverage. How can they listen to what you got going on? Yeah, appreciate that, J.J. Uh, every game on the Varsity Network app, it's a free download for your smartphone. Just head on over to the Varsity Network app, download it, uh, and then just search for Duke. You can make Duke baseball one of your favorites. Every game will be there. All of our coaches' shows are there, too. Uh, and then you can also head over to GoDuke.com. Uh, the broadcasts are there as well. So Varsity Network app and GoDuke.com. Pretty simple uh, to find Duke baseball every single day. And you do such a great job describing the action. I really would encourage folks to uh, to listen to your play-by-play coverage. So for this Duke baseball team, again, a big win on Sunday to take that series against Georgia Tech a week ago. Even more impressive given the offense for Tech, given the fact you lost the Friday night game. That's a, that's a you know tough night on Friday night after the loss, knowing you got two more games. But credit to that team for bouncing back and finding a way to win the series. Now we've entered a week where they've pretty much got the whole week off. It's, uh, I would imagine, an academic-focused week yep. as we're nearing the end of that spring semester. But from the baseball perspective, is there anything in particular that uh, at practice Coach Pollard and that team are really trying to work on, or, or what's kind of been the message you think this week? I think this week it's just kind of get, been let's get back to business. Let's get back to normal, a chance to work on ourselves a little bit. Duke took the first part of the week off because of the exam schedule, so they got together uh, on Thursday and had a scrimmage. They scrimmaged on Friday uh, just to kind of shake the rust off, get the bats flowing, see some live arms, let pitchers face hitters and hitters face pitchers. Um, and then Saturday became what would be a normal Thursday practice where they uh, prepare for a weekend series. Duke will play a doubleheader against High Point on Sunday at Coombs Field. So a chance to get back at it, 18 innings of baseball, uh, and then you roll right into a really challenging midweek game. So I don't think there's anything specifically the Blue Devils are going to work on this week. It's more, hey, let's get back to ourselves. Let's keep the, the good vibes rolling as they were uh, and just try to get ready for the stretch run. I mean, this is the best time of year for a college baseball player, right? Because there's no more academic work to focus on. Now you're looking ahead toward the summer. And for your focus, it's just now Duke baseball. It's, you roll out of bed every day. You go to the ballpark. You play. I think uh, I think this is the best time of the year. These guys have always embraced what they call Mayball. And I'm excited to see this group embrace it over the next three or four weeks. Are you excited for 18 innings of baseball coming up on Sunday this weekend, Chris? I can't I can't wait, JJ. I love it. <laughs> There's nothing else I'd, I'd want to do than call 18 innings of baseball. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun. Duke and High Point, and then they'll jump back into <laughs> ACC competition to round out the year before postseason play starts for the Blue Devils. Uh, trying to make another big run in the ACC tournament and duplicate what they were able to do a year ago. You mentioned Marcus Johnson, his role this season, moving up into that Friday night slot. What about the rest of the weekend, the starters that we've seen this year for Duke who have been some of those highlight guys? Yeah, we've kind of seen some mix, mix and matching a little bit, J.J. I mean, there's been some guys who have struggled uh, from the starting role. I mean, you, you look and Marcus has kind of been the only constant right now in the starting rotation every single Friday night. He's pitched Duke deep into the ball game every time he's gotten the ball. Uh, and then after that, it's been kind of a hodgepodge. I mean, Luke Fox was on Saturdays for a while. I think Luke will end up back in the rotation. Uh, but had a couple of tough starts. They moved Luke out of the rotation. He's kind of embraced the bullpen role over the last couple of games. He earned back-to-back saves against Georgia Tech on Saturday and Sunday. Really pitched well 
out of the pen for the Blue Devils. Even pitched well for Duke out of the bullpen against Notre Dame a couple of weekends ago. Earned the win on Saturday. Jonathan Santucci is a talented freshman who has really impacted the Blue Devils both offensively and on the mound. He's a two-way guy. He's been up to 95, 96 with the fastball. Uh, he's blossomed into a, a, a Saturday starter. If the Blue Devils want to keep using him that way, is almost like an opener. Uh, and then on Sundays, Billy Seidel has kind of been the guy for most of the year. Uh, Billy had some issues with control, uh, and he's going to try to work. I think you're looking for something to work on. I think that's one of the big focuses this week for Duke with Billy specifically is to try to figure out how to locate that fastball for, for strikes more consistently. Uh, if he can do that, I think Billy steps back into the rotation. Uh, Cooper Stenson has been really good for the Blue Devils on midweeks. Cooper got a spot start on Sunday at Georgia Tech and gave Duke three and two-thirds really good innings. A big shot in the arm. Cooper got the win. Uh, so I think Coop's a guy, he pitched the ACC championship game last year, shut out NC State for six innings. I think he only gave up like three hits. Uh, he's been really good, really consistent for Duke. So from a starting standpoint, I think you like what you've seen from the Blue Devils. You've got three, maybe four starters. You could even argue five there. And Beasley started a couple of games uh, as kind of an opener as well. Um, so I, I like the depth of the pitching staff. Jimmy Loper's been really good at the back end of the game for the Blue Devils, too. Uh, what he did against Notre Dame two weeks ago, he threw 86 pitches over two games, earned a win and a save, and it's really daggone good for your closer. Um, so I, I think there's definitely some depth there. There's some weapons there, and now it's about harnessing these guys and getting everybody to pitch well. Like on the offensive end, you, you got to start hitting well. You can't just have one or two guys go. When you need five, six, seven guys, you hopefully get going at the same time, uh, and then you start to make a little bit of hay, which is what the Blue Devils have done the last two weeks. And we're hopeful that they're able to do that again, winning five of their last six ACC ball games. A good breakdown there of the pitching. So now we look at that offense, and you can look at the stats, Chris, right? And, and you can see R.J. Shrek once again back there at the top. Graham Pauly, Chad Knight, the other two guys, just in the batting average number that yeah. you're kind of looking at. But who like tell us a little bit more about these guys in that Blue Devil offense. Oh, you remember R.J. Shrek from last year, third-team All-America, was really, really daggone good. He hit, I think, 18 home runs for Duke last season, uh, was one of the all-tournament selections in the Knoxville Regional. He missed some time early in the year, had a nagging injury, but that seems to be better now, seems to be feeling better, and I think that you can tell that by the way he started to hit the ball to all fields. Uh, Graham Pauly has been so consistent for Duke. I could, I could make a case, and I think most people who follow this team on a regular basis could make a case that Pauly's been the most consistent hitter for Duke all year long. He's a guy that's hit first, he's hit second, he's hit third, he's hit fifth. He's been all over the order. And I think that having Graham there in that two-hole is the perfect spot for him, especially now that you got some guys like Alex Mooney, who's another talented freshman that's starting to figure things out in the leadoff spot. Alex can get on base in a variety of ways. He can steal bases. He can hit for power. He can hit for average. He can go gap to gap. You get him on base, Paulie becomes now your new school kind of two-hole hitter because you can't pitch around Paulie to get to Shrek because now RJ's swinging it well. And then you got Chad Knight, who's got some pop in the four-hole. Chad's been really good this year for the Blue Devils, really consistent, too. He's been able to hit the ball to opposite fields as well. You look at the top four, that's been really consistent. Luke Storm has kind of emerged as the everyday first baseman for this team. Switch hitter, they can hit the ball tremendously to all fields. He had a big home run against Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago, a 474-foot home run off a light pole in right uh, center field. It's unbelievable, one of the furthest balls I've ever seen hit at Coombs Field. So Luke's there. Uh, you, you've got kind of a tandem at catcher between uh, Andrew Yu and Alex Stone. Both have been really good. One's a true freshman, one's a, a sophomore. Uh, and, and then it's kind of become the the young man show, right? Because you got Devin Obi, who's now been in center field, another guy with light tower power. He's hit some mammoth home runs this year. 
Uh, it's a fun group to watch. Right field's kind of become the platoon of the outfield. I think Damon Lux has settled into that spot here lately, uh, but wouldn't be surprised to see some more guys try to jump up and catch that spot. But, hey, right now things are working, right? What's the old adage? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Amen. Uh, no, no reason to fix it right now. Yeah, no doubt about that. Tell me a little bit about the defense, Chris. How's that been for Duke? Yeah, you know, I think that's one of the hallmarks, JJ, of this Duke program always is pitching and defense. And Duke's played some really daggone good defense again this year. You look at the numbers, I think some of the numbers are skewed a little bit because you had some younger guys in some different spots, especially early in the year. You look at Alex Mooney, I think he's got 11 errors this year that leads the team. But a lot of those errors came in February and March. Uh, He's made some spectacular plays. Will Hoyle at second base has kind of been a stalwart defensively. Both of the catchers have been really, really good, really consistent. Uh, I think the big thing there is that this is a catching and a pitching thing. They've been able to shut down the running game. Teams are averaging less than one attempt per game against the Blue Devils this year, and they've faced some prolific base-stealing offenses. You know, Campbell comes to mind. Wake Forest comes to mind. Some of, some of those clubs that Duke has really had to bear down on the base pass against this year, and they've done a really nice job. Uh, the outfield defense has been great. We mentioned Devin Obi, who can just go get everything in center field. R.J. Shrek's played a lights out left field. He's robbed a couple of home runs or extra base hits uh, this past weekend at Georgia Tech. Really impressed by Duke's defense. You know, they, they do all of the little things that you need to do. I think they're top five, top seven in the ACC in fielding percentage, which, again, is a hallmark of these Chris Pollard teams. They're going to play good defense. They're going to pitch really well, and they're going to get some timely hits, and we hope that's the formula moving forward for the Blue Devils. Chris Edwards, the play-by-play voice, joining us here on Locked On Blue Devils. We'll talk a little bit more about the stretch run for Duke baseball and other things in Duke athletics with Chris in just a moment. Do want to take an opportunity to tell you about our friends over at BetOnline.net, your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NBA playoffs and the start of the MLB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Last night, we saw a very exciting first round of the 2022 NFL Draft. BetOnline.net has a lot of props and odds that you need to check out for today and tomorrow's action with the NFL Draft. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Final few moments here today of Locked On Blue Devils. J.J. Jackson hanging out with Chris Edwards. All right, it's near the end of the season uh, for Duke baseball. Is this Duke team, like what what does the postseason look like for Duke? Are they trying to find themselves the best position possible in the ACC tournament? What exactly does that look like right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, if the season ended today, Duke would make the ACC tournament. Remember, just 12 teams make the ACC tournament. Only 14 teams play baseball in the ACC, Syracuse does not. So 12 of the 14 make it, uh, two do not. So if it ended today, the Blue Devils would be in the tournament, I think is the 12 or the 11 seed. Um, but look, they just got to win. What did Al Davis, <laughs> the old owner of the Raiders, used to just say, just win, baby. That's right. uh, and that's what the Blue Devils have to do, just win. Um, and like I said, they've got some winnable games up ahead of them. I think that all three series are certainly winnable series for the Blue Devils. They're going to be tough, three really competitive and good teams, especially a couple on the road. Uh, but they got to find a way to win. And if you can win more than you can lose down the stretch, or you've got nine ACC games left, if you find a way to go six and three in those nine, or, or you know, what, eight and two, or, or eight and one, yeah, we'll, we'll take that, right? Um, so I think if they can do that, if they can win these three series, you got a, a really good chance to get into the ACC tournament. Anything can happen then once you get to Charlotte. All you got to do is win four ball games. Easier said than done. 
uh, and then hopefully you find yourself uh, in the NCAA tournament comes Election Monday on Memorial Day. That's what we're hoping for. We will certainly wait and see with this Duke baseball team. Again, make sure you listen to all Duke baseball games. Go Duke.com, the Varsity Network app. I love the Duke Blue Devils app. You just click on the Duke logo, press listen, and next thing you know, you get to hear the great voice of Chris Edwards there. Uh, I want to talk about basketball a little bit, Chris, before we get out of here. That's obviously uh, something that every Duke fan absolutely loves and can't get enough of, and we talk about it a whole lot. I want to hear from you, though, from from someone that's uh, – does it necessarily have your feet all the way into day-to-day-to-day uh, operations and things for Duke men's basketball? What's it kind of been like watching these first few weeks of the John Shire era underway? Or has it been a lot of reflection for you knowing that the Coach K era has come to a close? Yeah, yeah, a little bit of reflection for sure. I think all of us have reflected on that a little bit, JJ, and just what Coach means to Duke basketball and Duke University in general and excited to see what Coach Shire is going to do. Uh, obviously, they've got some great recruits coming in. It's going to be another talented <laughs> club. Uh, but really looking forward to seeing the Blue Devils tip it off here once we get into November. Certainly going to miss Coach. It's going to be weird not seeing Coach there on the sideline uh, when the, the season gets underway in a few short months. But looking forward to the future for sure for Duke men's basketball. We'll say this. I mean, the fact that that John Shire already has the number one recruiting class in his first two seasons, like 2022 and in the high school class of 2023, already at number one. No coach has ever done that before stepping into a program and uh, he's got to go out there and do it himself. I mean, that's yeah. why this past summer coach K stayed back in Durham with his current guys and let John Shire get a head start on the recruiting trail. And it certainly has paid off. Absolutely. It has. And I know, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of drop off from what it was this yeah. past year. <laughs> that's certainly what we like to hear. You also are the play by play voice of Duke women's basketball. Carol Lawson is building a really exciting program for Duke. They've had a couple of uh, players commit and, this time of year for football, for basketball, for all the sports not in season. The transfer portal is so crazy, so hectic. It's kind of hard to keep up with all the moves. But what's going on with the Carol Lawson's program? Yeah, I got a couple big commits, one from Oregon State, one from Tulane the last couple of weeks. So have a post player, maybe a couple other options coming too. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, but excited about this group. They've got a lot of good re- uh, talent returning. So Les Taylor, we I believe is going to be back. Cheyenne Day Wilson, who was the ACC freshman of the year last year, certainly an exciting player. Will do big things for the Blue Devils again this year. Just excited to see the continuation of growth for this program. This is really year two for Care. Remember, Duke didn't play the season a couple of years ago, opted out after the, uh, the first four games. So last year, the first full season for Kara. Really excited about seeing the next step for this program as they continue to build. And hopefully, we all believe it. I believe it. I think everyone associated with our program believes this is just the, the, the first baby step towards something great that's going to happen for Duke women's basketball. Kara's got to go in the right direction, and we hope to see a lot of people out of Cameron this winter. You're with the Blue Devil Network, and of course your partner David Shoemate is uh, going to be back at Wallace Wade Stadium before we even know it with football season starting back up. The Mike Elko era getting underway. We saw the Duke football spring game take place, and uh, it seems like there's a lot of positive momentum within that program. How thrilled are you to see it officially kick off? And, and I know that there are a lot of conversations, I'd imagine, between you Blue Devil Network guys about what this uh, upcoming year could be. Yeah, going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what Coach Elko is going to do. We had him on the radio a couple weeks ago. He threw out the first pitch uh, before one of the Duke games against Notre Dame at Coombs. Yeah, so I'm excited to see what Coach is going to do. I think the team looked great uh, at the spring game a couple of weeks ago. So, look, it's going to be a fun brand of football. He's going to be exciting, and I hope a lot of people come out and get on board early with this program because I think big things are coming for Coach Elko and the Blue Devils. I really do. Chris, I really do appreciate you taking time today to join me here on Locked on Blue Devils. Thank you for doing this. Always, JJ. Good to be with you.
That's my buddy Chris Edwards joining us here on the program. You can follow him on Twitter at Chris underscore underscore Edwards. Again, my name is JJ Jackson. You can follow me at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore and follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. We'll be back with you next week for another full week of Lockdown Blue Devils. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.